Blog Talk Radio. Also, for those who may want to get into the chat room, 
you can go to our chat the chat room on our website at reconnect my heart it is available right now yep you can send your questions comments or prayer requests also i want to give a special shout out thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in thank y'all for y'all support the years and also for those who are wrestling fans this is wrestlemania weekend so for those who are watching wrestling i hope you enjoy yourself question have you ever experienced a breakup that left you hurt so badly that it changed you it could be so hard to process what you're going to me. It could be so hard to process what you're going to do tomorrow when you are feeling like you can't make it through this day. That's when we have to remind ourselves of who we are in God, his promises for us, and somehow he will turn this for our benefit. So on today's show, we will talk about Satan's role in during a breakup, what God can reveal in it, and the lessons we can learn from it, and so much more in the episode called What Becomes of the Brokenhearted. What Becomes of the Brokenhearted, Overcoming Satan's Attacks and Finding Love Again. One of the things I found out, you know, people a lot of times just think that the devil would try to attack us in just in a certain area of our lives. But also what happened a lot of times, what people don't realize, when when you're dealing with a relationship that has ended, don't you know that's one of the prime times that the devil would try to deal with you to really make you question life all over together? Not just life pertaining to what you're dealing with or what you dealt with, but also who you are, it makes you question the person that you may have been in a relationship with. It makes you question so many things. And sometimes, unfortunately, many of us, we don't, we don't process. We don't take the time to process what happened. We don't get a chance to, you know, really just take in. Sometimes we try to ignore it. Sometimes we try to just keep on going as if nothing happened. But what happened, just like a wound, when a wound is not addressed, when it's not healed, what happens is it ends up affecting other areas of your life. And then ultimately, it affects the whole part of your life. And so that's one of the things we want to talk about today. Now first, let's really define what is a broken heart. It is an overwhelming, of uh, being overwhelmed by hurt, pain, disappointment over the loss or an ending of a relationship. Now, many people can look at losing a relationship pertaining to death, but we want to just talk about just a breakup where the person is still alive, still existing. So when you look at being overwhelmed by hurt, by, you know, disappointment, you have to look at those are the same effects, just like grief. It is a form of grief. And when you really look at it, grief is, you know, 
uh, dealing with the 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 loss of someone or something. And so oftentimes people just think grief just deals with death, but death means separation from life, a separation of life. So when you look at grief and death, the end of a relationship is a death of a relationship. But the thing is, unlike when someone passed on, you know, they're not coming back and we have to ask God to help us to pick up the pieces of our life for us to be able to adjust to this new norm. But when it comes down to a breakup, oftentimes there is that what if, what if eventually we get back? Sometimes some people may have that hope. And so that hope sometimes doesn't leave unless God heal them or they want to be healed or they want to move on. But you have to willfully want to move on. And so one of the things we have to look at pertaining to a heartbreak or, like I said, uh, dealing with a broken heart, you have to treat it just like grief because it is grief. Now, there are five different stages of grief. There's the denial. There's the anger. There's the bargaining. Well, I promise I'll change if. The denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, but also the acceptance. See, oftentimes there are some people, once a relationship ends, what happened? They may, like I said, be in denial or they may ignore the person's wishes to end the relationship. And unfortunately, some people may say, well, you know, um, well, let's just be friends. No, first of all, you have to examine that particular person. Now, there are some relationships that people may be in that they may be great friends, but pertaining to a relationship, they may or may not be, you know, compatible. They may be compatible as friends, but when it comes down to being a mate, they may not be compatible. So it takes two mature adults to acknowledge that. So if you're dealing with a mature person that still has integrity, you know, it all depends upon what y'all agree upon, but most importantly, you got to look at for your best interest. Oftentimes, people may say, well, you know, uh, I, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Uh, I want to spare their feelings. But you have to understand, you have to be truthful, you have to lay it out on the table. What happens, even in the Bible, it tells us, let our yay be yay. In other words, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. And so when it comes down to us living in a relationship, and if it doesn't work out, if it's a mature person, someone that's not threatening you, and I'm not talking about, well, I don't think that they would. No, no, you know how a person is. And so if you know that this person is a person of integrity, this person already have a life, this person is mature, this person is a sound mind, you know, hey, but you know what? It didn't work out. But I appreciate you, blah, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. 
and they go on, no hard feelings. But there are some people, you tell them it's over, and next thing you know, they may, no, you know what? If I can't have you, nobody else can have you. That's somebody ignorant. But also, just looking at when you say, well, you know what, um, we we just need to just um, end this relationship. You already know what you want. You don't have to have someone to agree with you if that person, if that relationship should stay or it should be dissolved. You have to be in a relationship where it's agreeable. Now, if you feel that this is not healthy for you, then by all means, you have that right. That's one of the things that I always want people to know in relationships and pertaining to anything that you're involved in, regardless if it's a relationship, regardless if it's business, you have rights and you have a voice. And so if you feel that this relationship is palatable, this relationship may be one-sided, you do have the right to exercise your exit. You have the right. You have a voice. You don't have to have someone to talk you out of, well, they said that they're going to change. They said they're going to do better. I'm just going to throw this in for free. A person already knows how to treat a person. So if you have to tell a person how to treat you, that ain't the right relationship, that ain't the right individual for you to be in a relationship with. So being in a relationship with someone that you are compatible with, someone that most importantly you can trust, someone that's going to do the things that's going to respect you, you never, you're never supposed to be in a relationship that you're not respected. You have to be respected. You are you are entitled to respect. Matter of fact, um, I was in a class this week, and they said, I believe it was um, the Constitution, everyone have to life. You have the right to life. But also, even biblically, God told us that he comes that we may have life and have it more abundantly, meaning a better quality of life. So we're not supposed to put up with just being mistreated, like I said, regardless if it's in a relationship or even friendship or even family You are entitled to be respected. And so sometimes in being in a relationship where mm, it doesn't work out, it can be disappointing. And that does not mean that you ignore the disappointment, the disappointment, right? But you have to be upfront and be real with yourself and call it what it is. You have the right to be respected and be in a relationship where you'll be respected and not just you, but the things that, that you're involved in. You could be a mother. You can have a business. You don't want someone that's going to just take you and neglect your children or neglect your family. That is, that is actually a toxic relationship. <clears throat> and so with that, <clears throat> in dealing with the ending of a relationship, like I said, and even just treating it 
as grief because it is a form of grief. Like I said, some people may be in denial. Well, no, no, it, it ain't no, or maybe she didn't mean that. Well, actually, you got to believe what a person says. If someone's, listen, if someone is adult enough to tell you how they feel, then you need to accept that. But also, not just in how they treat you, excuse me, not just in what they say, but what they do. See, that old saying, actions speak louder than words. Someone can say, well, you know what? I love you, but they still disrespecting you. They cheating on you. They cussing you out. They beating you, all this stuff. Okay, they saying one thing, but but they are exhibiting another. No, you always go on what a person does over what a person says. No. If I say, or if they say, well, you know, this relationship, um, I love you, and the words are corresponding with their actions, then good. But if they're contradicting, if their actions are not lining up with their words, that ain't a healthy relationship. There's an old saying that says, make sure your video lines up with your audio. In other words, make sure what is seen lines up with what is said. Have you ever seen a movie and it looked like the scene is going forward, but the audio is delayed? Pretty soon it's going to frustrate you. You're going to turn into a channel that's, that's showing a movie or a TV show where everything is in sync. Where if you require the show on the TV to be in sync, you need to require the relationship that you're involved in to be in sync also. Like I said, make sure that person's audio lines up with their video and vice versa. And so being able to deal with, like I said, the denial, the anger, Sometimes a person's character is revealed when they're angry. When you know that a person, now, of course, even the Bible tells us be angry, but sin not. There are some people that get angry over just smallest things. Some people have no self-control. But then when you're dealing with someone and because of you expressing how you feel, uh, they want to, you know, Blow the roof off? Oh, no. No. That ain't healthy. Bargaining. You know, well, you know what? I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Like I said, love is for adults. And like I said, people want to be treated right, but if they're going to be in a relationship with you, why would you allow someone to mistreat you? Sometimes when you realize how a person really is, of course. You end the relationship, it could be disappointing. You know, it could be a letdown. You know, you had your hopes, you had your dreams, and when you realize that this person may have played you or may have fooled you or you've been deceived or you have allowed yourself to be deceived, sometimes when we check out a person, we don't ask those hard questions. We ask those softball questions. Sometimes we ask those questions because deep within we don't want to know. And so, unfortunately, sometimes we in a relationship with people that 
if the opportunity comes, they'll really reveal themselves. And so sometimes we want to stay with the idea of who they are versus who they really are. We want them to be that person that they are in our minds instead of them being who they really are. And also that depression. One of the things I always say, sometimes you can tell when somebody going through a, going through something. You can tell when somebody going through a, a, a breakup by a bad relationship. It's like they just give up on life. It's like, you know, they lock themselves in the house. You know, they don't shower. They don't change clothes. They don't shave. You know, it's like they feel like their whole world is gone because they have invested so much into a person that may not have invested the same amount that they invested. You know, there's a show that called Shark Tank. <clears throat> there's a show that called Shark Tank, and I love that show. <clears throat> but I found out a lot of times when I see the investors, of, they call them the sharks. When I see those sharks, they'll invest into a company or a product where the owner has some skin in the game. In other words, you want me to invest my good money into your product or your business. So before I invest my good money, I want to ask you what you have invested in your company or your product. And some of them, well, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't invested in anything. Well, what you expect me to invest into your product when you haven't invested in yourself? No. So even though it could be a good product, some of them sharks to be like, well, nope, nope, um, I'm not going to do it. I'm out. Be like, wow. So if they want a shark to invest in their product or their company, you got to put some skin in the game. But when those when those uh, investors, when when the ones that made that product, when they realize, hey, hey, I, I'm look, I sold my house, I, I put all my money in this product, and it's good, then guess what? There's gonna be a great return. The same thing pertaining to relationship of love, and so with that, bringing all this up, when we dealing with our broken heart. What does the devil or how does Satan use a broken heart to destroy or to break us? How does he do that? How does he do that? I found out Satan would use a broken heart to break us or to destroy us or to make us what? Lose to pursuit or the desire of love. Now, first, the love for God, the love for other people, but then also the love for ourselves. The devil will use a broken heart to distort our view or our perspective of love, God, and ourselves. See, when we're dealing with a broken heart, especially those who are believers, think about it. We can be a believer, we love the Lord, we go to church, we obey in God, we 
active in church. We not just going to church, but, you know, you're doing the right things. You love God. You're worshiping God, all these things. And then what happened, you end up in a relationship that that ends, regardless of how, but that ends. What happened, that's when the devil tried to talk to you. But see, you are, you're supposed to be saved. You're supposed to love the Lord. You pray to God and all that stuff. And look at you. Now, you are pure. you by yourself. At least you, when you were with that person right here, at least you had somebody. At least you had somebody. But see, look at look at look at your friends. Look at your friends. They ain't even say they don't even go to church. But guess what? They finna get married, and you still trusting God. You going to church and all that stuff, but you still single. You ain't got no kids or nothing. You know the devil would try to talk to you and deal with your head to make you question. You know, man. Well, you know what? At least I had somebody. At least he was half good. He may not have been faithful, or she may not have been faithful, but she was reliable, or he was reliable. You know, at least if I had a flat, I can call him to change it. But now, I ain't got nobody. You know, I was doing better before I started going to church. I was doing better before I got saved. See, all these things that the devil tried to deal with you right here but at least before you start going to church at least you had somebody that would take care of you you never had to pay for your hair or your nails getting done you know but think about it during that time you still wasn't happy because you didn't get a commitment from somebody think about it if you were doing better before you got saved, then you would have already been married to a person that was going to love you and be committed to you. Think about it. <clears throat> so one of the things the devil would do, what what would the devil do? Like I said, he would make us question. He would make us question, God, does God love us? Does God love me? Hmm. God, well, you know, I was doing the right thing. I was doing the right thing. And it seemed like every time I started doing the right thing, bad things always happen. See, when you are doing what you're supposed to, the devil going to always change your view or your perspective of things. So when dealing with the inner of a relationship, on dealing with, you know, the relationship ended or you dealing with a broken heart, the devil gonna always try to isolate you from those that care about you. See, if he can isolate you, then he can talk to you and he'll remove those people that's gonna help you, that's gonna tell you the truth. Look, he may hinder, he may keep you isolated for you to be able to just deal with yourself by yourself. One of the things I found out, you can't self-medicate yourself and you can't self-operate on yourself. You never see a doctor operating on himself. Even as knowledgeable as he is, if he needs medical assistance, he's going to have to have someone else to help whatever situation that he's in. 
And so when you are dealing with a broken heart, you got to look at yourself as a critical care patient, a critical care patient. But what does the devil do? Try to make us feel as if we can do it by ourselves. I don't need no help. I mean, let's be honest. Let's take a sidebar for a minute. Why whenever we're dealing with depression, we be by ourselves? We try to handle it by ourselves. But when everything's going well, we don't mind being with people that love us. Hmm. I was talking to uh, my son. Was it my, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was talking to my niece today. And those that know, we've been to funerals. Um, I asked her, I said, um, have you ever been to a funeral? I said, well, they have pallbearers to carry the person that's deceased. They have six, at least six pallbearers to carry that person that's deceased. So if it's going to require people to carry that person when they're deceased, life requires us to have people to carry us when we're well, when we're alive. You know, you don't have to have, quote, unquote, people around you just when things are going well. A true friend is there when you there with you not just when you high, but even when you're going through. You know, there are some people, there are some people you may not even hear from them when everything going well with you. You may not even hear from them. You know, maybe they may get some news that you're doing well. They may text you, congratulations. Real short, if they say anything at all. But then when they find out you're going through something, Hey, you on my spirit. Wanna let you know I'm there for you. I love you. Or sometimes they just may pop up and for them to lay eyes on you to let you know I'm with you. We talk about some real genuine friends. We call them them gossip angels. For them to be able just to let you know, you know what? Everything will be all right. Those are the ones that's carrying you, not just when you're dead, physically dead, but when you down and God would dispatch people, but we can't isolate ourselves from those that love us or those that God trying to send to us to minister to us. So that's something we have to, we have to realize that it's more to us than what we see. So God want to help us in not just in those celebratory times, but even in those low times, <clears throat> But like I said, Satan would use a broken heart. Satan would use that time period for us to, like I said, question God's love for us. Other people, you know, did they really care for me at all? I mean, it just makes you question a lot of things, and not just that particular relationship that just ended, but even relationships in the past. But they also make us question ourselves self-doubt, make us question our identity, our worth. He would do that. Don't you know, the devil don't have to use anything that's truthful. Why? He is the father of lies. He is the maker of lies. He's the accuser of the brethren. So just because you might have been a nice kid all your life, but understand the devil will throw some type of accusation 
that ain't even true to get to you right here in your head. He want to get to you in your head so he can affect your heart. Your heart, and we're not talking about the organ that pumps in your chest, but the heart of the man, the soul of the man. That means man or woman. The soul, your perception, the way you think, you know, your thought process, your reasoning, everything, your logic. When the devil can distort that, he'll change your whole perspective of or your lens of life. He will try to make you think that right is wrong and wrong is right. He will, If he can get to you in your mind to make you feel that you are less than who God said that you are, then he will try to make you compromise, not just pertaining to love, but also pertaining to life. And so he will use those opportunities to make you see, you know what, you ain't worthy. You ain't worth it. Have you noticed a pattern of you being disrespected or you uh, uh, not getting love? See, you didn't get love from the past three or four boyfriends or the past three or four girlfriends, and then you didn't get any, get any love from your mama. You didn't get any love from your daddy. Even your brothers, your sister didn't care. They always treated you differently. And see your cousin, your 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 what you call cousin that the sister cousin. But you know what? She's been jealous of you all along. Have you noticed she was smiling in your face? But have you noticed every time she leaves your presence, she'll come back wearing something that you might have been wearing? You see, he'll get to you up here in your mind. So that's why it's so important for us to understand that the devil will try to do these things to get to your psyche. It is his responsibility. Like I said, the devil would try so badly. He would use any tactic, any tactic to make you give up on life and love. Excuse me, love and life. And when you give up on love and life, ultimately give up on love and life and on God, the relationship with God and the relationship with yourself. So understand, when it comes down to that period of a broken heart, he would try to not only shatter, shatter your ideal of love, but he would try to shatter, shatter you, Y-O-U. It's just like someone who's wearing glasses. Matter of fact, I have my glasses somewhere. <clears throat> but a person wearing glasses with clack lens will always see things distorted. And it's not that what he's seeing is distorted, but it's what he's seeing through, which is all broken glasses. So even him looking in, looking through a window, if the window is dirty, everything he sees outside of that window is going to be dirty. It's going to be distorted. The devil is trying to dirty up your spiritual lens, your emotional lens to make you see everything dirty, distorted based upon the lens of hurt. That's his job. But because that's his job, we have a job. We have an assignment. I'm going to say it like this. We owe it to ourselves. But see, it's going to take work. You have to want 
to get help. You have to want to get healed. You're never supposed to lose the will to fight, to will to be helped, the will to be healed. In other words, you deserve it. You owe it to yourself. And one of the things I always say for those who are parents, I'm a parent, if you don't do it for you, do it for your children's mother or do it for your children's father, for that lady that may be watching who's tired of having her heart broken. If you don't want to do it for you, do it for your children's mother. In other words, see yourself outside of yourself. See, like, for example, I just use myself for an example. Okay, I'm a father. If I don't want to do it for myself, I have to do it for my son's father. Oh, so now I see that my son is my accountability partner. Your children are your accountability partner. Think about this. You want to see your children happy. It would break your heart to see your children hurt, suffer. Okay, so if you don't want your children hurt, suffering, or losing the will to fight or losing the will to live, and that live could be mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, or whatever. If you don't want your children to experience that, how about you setting an example for you to just keep fighting? Don't lose your appetite to fight. Don't lose your appetite to live. So like I said, understand, in life's disappointment, that's when the devil going to try to whisper in our ear. In other words, those are the opportunities that he uses. Because why? Because when things are going well, what we see, we can dispute what the devil is saying by what we see. But when it seems like whatever he may be saying and is seem like what he's saying is true, you still have to fight. And even if you don't physically see it, you have to spiritually or emotionally see what he's saying is contradicting what God gave you, the vision, the purpose, the promise. That's all saying. Matter of fact, scripture tells us, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen to the senses. So in other words, what I'm hoping for, what I'm desiring, I may not physically see it right now, but I spiritually see it. And so what happened, if I can spiritually see it, that's the spiritual blueprint that God may be having me to hold on to for my actions to put what I emotionally or spiritually see, my actions going to bring it into reality. My actions corresponding with what I'm believing and my obedience to God is the tool that is needed to have what's in me to come out for me to, spirit, for me to physically see what I spiritually see. See, Steve Jobs Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, or one of the founders of Apple, he has to have the concept here in his head in order for him to have it here in his hand. And so what happened a lot of times, 
everything that God has promised us or even what we what we pray to God for, what do we do? A lot of times we keep it here or we keep it here and we take it to our grave. And one of the things they always say, the richest place in the world is the graveyard because there's so many ideas, so many hopes, so many dreams that has been buried with the person that God gave it to. Don't let that be you. One of the things I I said to myself, I said to myself, and I'm telling you all, y'all being my witness, how about, I know I will, I'm going to my grave empty. In other words, everything's going to be exhausted out. What about you? You have the tools. You have the ability. But see, God has given each and every one of us gifts, talents, abilities. But the thing is, you got to be a good student and use it. One thing, matter of fact, my brother and I were talking some time ago. I always said this. I don't care how we kick and scream and cry. God ain't moved by our tears. He's moved by our sweat. What we call sweat equity. God wants us to put in action what he gave us. There's an old saying by the Matter Clouds of Joy came out in 1980. It says, I made a step. If you make one step, he'll make two. But God can't make his two step unless you make your first step. And so with that, when it comes down to the opportunity that the devil will use when we're dealing with a, an end of a relationship, a broken heart, you know, those are the times where it seemed like it just crumbles. It seemed like our stomach hurts. And matter of fact, if you notice, in those times, what he'll do, he'll also, I didn't, I didn't mention this earlier, what he'll do also, he would try to affect your ability to trust. He would try to affect your ability to trust and not just make you question those that you might be in a relationship with, but people, period, the devil will use a breakup or a broken heart to try to change you. But also, get this, he try to affect your ability to trust. He would try to build or have you to create unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, and also he will try to turn you into the person who hurt you. See, oftentimes with when those opportunities of unfor- uh, excuse me, opportunities of a broken heart, he'll make us look at the person who did us wrong and begin to hate them. Now, I'm not just saying hate what they did, but hate the individual. And what happened, we end up having unforgiveness. And that unforgiveness will eventually turn to hatred, but not realizing that unforgiveness, it will not, especially when it says that unforgiveness will not just fester in you, in your heart, in your mind, where it end up causing you to treat that person differently if you see that person. But what happened, it will affect you in every relationship that you're involved in, not just courtship, but also relationship with your family, relationship with your co-workers, and also relationship with those that you're in church with. See, unforgiveness 
you may have unforgiveness towards one person, but not realizing that's a spirit. That's a spirit that involves everything that you involved in. In other words, you can't pick and choose what spirits do, especially spirits that the devil try to insert you in, uh, insert into you. So unforgiveness, unforgiveness, unforgiveness inbuilt. Unforgiveness, like I said, it will fester and create hatred, but also bitterness. It's so many people that have become bitter after the end of a relationship, especially how it ended. And get this, when it's not dealt with, you can say, you know what, later on in life, you may be sitting and next thing you know, what happened? You end up seeing someone else that may resemble the situation that you were in, but this time their relationship worked out. And what happened, they end up becoming some form of jealousy. Jealousy where someone else, you don't celebrate other people's success. You're wondering, why come? I'm always the bridesmaid, but never the bride. When you start when you start seeing everybody else being hooked up, when you start seeing everybody else having love or receiving love, what happens? It may make you feel a certain way. Now, we're not talking about it's deliberate, but sometimes it might be just a little, uh, the little, uh. So, and I'm going to say this. These are the conversations we have to have within the church. The church is the information highway that God want to dispatch to his children. But unfortunately, what happened when we don't talk about it within a church, then we get a distorted view of life and love outside of the church. And what happened, we get a secular, quote unquote, definition, and we try to incorporate it into the body of Christ. It does not work. So that's why it's so important to have these conversations biblically. So that way we'll understand what love really is and what love ain't. For us to understand the purpose of love and for us to be able to identify what love is and what love ain't. Also, understanding that when those things, uh, like I said, the unforgiveness or the bitterness, it seemed like you're like, wow. My brother and I probably talk about this later on, but I remember, you know, I'm a 70s kid. And I remember back in the day, we would see the old mothers of the church, and it looked like they hadn't smiled since Reverend I came from Egypt. They frowned, and it like, look, they looked like they just ready to punch a little kid. But what happened? They were always just mean, just bitter. And we're not just talking about in the church, we're talking about just. Period. How you doing today? Mm. Like, now, no, I was a kid then, so I really didn't understand a lot of stuff. But when we look at it now, you know, you can tell, you can tell when someone dealing with something. And like I said, these are spirits, bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy. Those are spirits, and spirits can be identified. Spirits can be felt. You know, just like you go into a room and you, it's like you feel the atmosphere. Like, wait a minute, something pop off. 
Oh, something ain't right. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Those are spirits. We can feel God has gave us, look, God gave us a soul and a spirit for us to pick up on things. But we got to utilize it. You know, when we've been before God, when we been in worship and we spend time praying and meditating, just seeking the face of God and all this, it's like a peace. It's like the presence of God. You feel it. And then all of a sudden you leave the area and then all of a sudden you go and you walk into an establishment and they've been fighting, they've been arguing. Even if they don't say anything, you're like, mm, wait a minute, I'm, I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something. I'm feeling something. Why? Because God gave us, they call it sixth sense. No, we, God has invested his spirit into us. So you think about it. If God is a holy, righteous God, don't you know that he'll have us to identify? Now, we may not be able to exactly put our finger on what that really is, but we know it's something that ain't of God. So that's something we have to realize that those times that the devil tried to use to make us become bitter, those things that the devil tried to do to help to make us even become the person who hurt us. And one of the things I always say is what you hate or who you hate, you will become. Why? Because what better way that the devil try to ultimately get to you is for you to have an enemy and the devil now try to make you become just like that enemy. <clears throat> so you can not just hate that enemy that's in front of you, but also now hate the enemy that's within you. We have to understand that that's one of the devil tricks. The devil is crafty. The devil try any and everything to play play games with the mind games. But see, while we playing, you know, polka dots, the devil throwing grenades and stuff. So we have to be aware of the wiles and the trickeries of Satan. <clears throat> but also, get this, one of the things we always say, hurt people hurt others. Hurt people hurt others others. <clears throat> so if we don't get rid of that unforgiveness, then who we hate is who we become. Or who we don't forgive, that's who we'll become. And one of the things I always say, that forgiveness is not for them. They don't even they may not even deserve it, but you deserve it. That forgiveness is for yourself. For you to release those things. And like I say, just because you forgive a person does not mean that you have to trust them. There are some people that you can forgive. You ain't got to fool with them because you know how they are. When a person hasn't changed, you don't subject yourself to that abuse, mentally, physically, emotionally, even spiritually. But that forgiveness, for you to have that forgiveness is to free you because as long as you hold on to unforgiveness, it keeps you their prisoner. And they can be gone on in life and they don't even know that they got the keys to your cell. Why? Because you have slipped that key into their pocket unknowingly. In other words, you have put it in their possession. So that's why it's so important for us to be able to release God. Look here. God, this person did me wrong. I want to I want revenge, but you know what? God, I understand that my purpose is greater 
understand the revenge I want to give them. So what I'm going to do, I realized the best revenge is not only to give to you, but the best revenge is success. So the only way I'm going to be successful is to turn it over to you, and I'm going to still focus on the purpose and plan you gave me and not allow what they did to me to derail you from what you're trying to do for me or where you're trying to lead me to. Something to think about. So in understanding, we have to be able to release that to God. Now, get this. Excuse me. What if God allowed that relationship to end? Hmm. Something to think about. What if God allowed that relationship to end? One of the things I found out, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, it may not feel good, but you think about it. Anytime a relationship ends, first of all, we want to examine, check ourselves. Did you do anything that caught, well, you know, they did catch, catch me cheating or whatever. Hey, hey, look here. Hey, now you know, you know next time you start treating people right. Start treating people better. You may have to start over, but hey, hey, go on. You forgive yourself, go on. But we talk about those who did the right thing. And the relationship still ended. One of the things I found out, it sounds crazy in this context, but the Bible tells us to count everything all joy. Huh? In other words, I'm dealing with a broken heart. My girl that left me took my guitar and took my dog and the dog food, took all the dog pictures of me and the dog, took everything. And you tell me it counted all joy? Yep. Why? First thing, think about this. If God allowed that relationship to end, then he knew, he knew that there was a greater purpose and plan for you with someone else. Something to think about. Now, oftentimes what happened. Let's be honest, we have made some bad choices in life. Think about it. Now, you might you might be saved. You might be an evangelist now. You might be a preacher. You might be whatever. That's fine and dandy. But still, we might have made some horrible choices. Let's be honest. Those that know me, I, I don't mind telling, my, telling myself or uh, throwing myself under the bus. But one of the things I believe in is being transparent. Let's be transparent. If you want to be helped, we got to be real with ourselves. Don't put on no facade. Well, you know, I've been saved all my life. Yeah, you can be saved, but guess what? You might not have been delivered. So let's be honest. So if God allowed that relationship to end, then what if? These are just possibilities. What if you chose the wrong person and you did not want to let that person go? Hmm. And so what happened, God allowed the scene to be set for that person's true character to be revealed. Or what if, if you were going to end it, you were going to stay, you you that stand by your man chick. But God allowed that person to see who you really are in his eyesight. And he has a 
look, he has to run. He has to tuck tail and run. Why? Because he wasn't going to be right. He wasn't going to do right. But God dealt with him to say, hey, this is my daughter. Or, hey, this is my son. This person, if you if you plan on doing something to them, if you plan on degrading them, if you plan on doing something that I did not authorize, you're going to have to deal with me. And that person, phew, hey, call me gone. That person, well, I don't know why. They quit calling. They don't call me no more. Every time I try to catch them on Facebook, every time I try to catch them, every time I call them, I think the number's blocked. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. God used swift swift justice and swift judgment to have you to hurry up and detox you from someone that he did not authorize. We have to look at it that way. See, there are some, it's just like, matter of fact, think about, and I know you might be hurt, but you think about when a kid get ready to put their hand on the fire. You love that child, but you may have to, you may have to spank them. You might have to spank their hand. Number one, it may hurt their hand, but the leaks that you give them on their hand don't compare to the burn they're going to experience on their hand or on their body. In other words, that child has to feel a little discomfort from a spank to save their life. I was looking at a, um, an airbag, and of course, an airbag, when it's launched out, it could cause damage. It could break your nose, break glasses, or something. It could cause damage. But what happened, it was there to prevent a fatal accident. So sometimes God will allow that, quote, unquote, spiritual or emotional airbag to go off to prevent you from having a fatal emotional or spiritual accident from a relationship with that person. In other words, they might have been the wrong driver. So what happened, a lot of times we have ignored the red flags. We've ignored the red flags. I'm going to say it like this. Not only have we ignored the red flags, but sometimes we'll stand at a red light. Instead of us moving around, we're going to stand at that red light thinking it's going to turn to a green light. We'll stare at that red flag that God's showing us, thinking it's going to be like the red light and change to a green flag. Let's be honest. And I know we pray, we pray, God change that person. God change. Nope, 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 nope. Let's be honest. Anytime, and this is pertaining to courtship, we never have to go and ask God to change them. That's who they are. That's who they are. Now, let's just say if they're into something that's unhealthy, then that's not the person that you need to be with. That person may may need ministering, not a mate. They may need help. They may need assistance. But oftentimes what happens, some people go into a relationship to try to help that person become the mate for them instead of the servant for God. 
So in other words, what happened? We going into the relationship with the wrong agenda. Ouch. We going into a relationship with the wrong motives. Matter of fact, those that know, and I have some new listeners, but I work in the jailhouse. Thank God I just celebrated, uh, in January, I celebrated 29 years working at uh, Dallas County Sheriff's Department. And I have witnessed, I've had some to have told me that, well, I was trying to help them. You know, th- th- they just need a friend, but that friend wasn't supposed to be you. But you wonder why you don't have any more money because you spent, in other words, you badly invested. You invested into the wrong stock. That person was not the stock that God wanted you to invest in. Now, when I tell them and I ask them, what do you have to show for it other than some kids? Nothing. Nothing. That was not the relationship that God had for you to be in. One of the things I, I, I saw, and this is in the Bible, that God, God make it rich. The blessings of God, thank the Lord, the blessings of God make it rich and addeth no sorrow or drama. The blessings of God make it rich and addeth no sorrow. So you ask yourself, have you received sorrow, disappointments, heartbreak? Well, that wasn't a blessing. It's that wasn't a blessing by you being in it. But now you got a blessing, now you're free. See, when a relationship ends, it sets you to be available for the right one. Sometimes God has to remove the wrong one to make room for, number one, for everything to be exterminated, sanitized, and for the ladies, for you to receive the right man, or for the fellas, for you to be sent to the right woman. Hmm. Think about it. So we have to understand that even when God allowed, look, God loved you so much to get that person out of your life, to get the wrong person out of your life. But when they leave, don't ask them, to, hey, uh, please come back and kiss away the pain. No, keep them gone. When a person ends it and you know that they wasn't the right one, evidence is there. Accept that last conversation or that last time you saw them, let that be the answers that's going to help you along the way. Some people, well, I just want to know why. Look here, you don't need to know why. It ain't healthy for you to know why. Let's be honest. Let's say it like this, and please don't get offended, but you may not be mature enough to handle the why, because what's going to happen if that person come back to tell you, even if it's a lie, what happened, you might be emotionally invested and won't be able to let that person go. God is trying to slap your hand and have that person get out your hand. God wants you to get that person, actually, God wants you to get that person out of your heart so you can receive the person that's in his heart. 
I'm, I'm going to say this, and I've, I've done this, and this has really been effective. I want to bring this up for up again. When I've been in a relationship in the past, I ask God, God, if this is the right relationship, you work everything out. But if this ain't the right one, you take the taste of her out of my mouth. Taste of her. In other words, you take the memory. You take, God, look here, I'm trusting you. I'm going to do the right thing. But, God, if she ain't the one that you have me to marry, the one that's going to love me, love my son, but most importantly, love you, look, I don't have time. I don't have time to be in a bottomless, hopeless, helpless, excuse me, relationship, a one-sided relationship. And I've seen so many people within the church get into the wife-sided relationships, but they end up getting somebody outside of the church, trying to drag them within the church and asking ministers to pray and bless the relationship. For what? For what? You know what? Even in us listening to the wise counsel, back in the day, we used to go to the older people you know, hey, I want to get your advice, and, and look, I want you to meet a person I may be interested in, or, you know, I'm just observing. I want you to check out. I want you to check this out, and we looking, or they they watching, they observing, they asking questions, and they, you know, later on, they tell us, hey, to want to let you know, I love you, but that person, that per- I picked up, I picked up on some things. I picked up on some things. And, you know, God going to always let you know some things. God going to always forewarn you about things. You know, that old saying, it says, warn and come before destruction. God will always send a message to you to let you know, hey, this person. mm -mm." Why? Because God knows the ending from the very beginning. But also, God will even speak through people to let you know, hey, look, this person right here uh, this person ain't ready. This person unstable. And see, if you're in a relationship with an unstable person, mm, if you're in a relationship with a mature person, or if you're in a relationship with someone that still haven't dealt with whatever issue that they're dealing with, oh, you know, and you think about it, we have to take relationships seriously because if you think about it, if you get ready to buy a car, you're going to have, you know, somebody to check it out. Especially when it's new, you want to make sure you have your money. You want to make sure you can afford it. If you're trying to get a house, you want to make sure that you have the inspectors, you have the appraised, you have all those things go forth when you're about to make a high-dollar purchase. But what do we do pertaining to love? <laughs> I think God put us together. The devil is a lie. Look here, God is here. Don't you blame me? I didn't put y'all together. And even the devil, the devil saying, look here, y'all broke up. Hey, I ain't had nothing to do with that. That was on y'all. You know, we, we try to spiritualize things, and God said, uh-uh, call it what it is. You saw that person, that girl had a big behind. You like that. You know, or that guy, he had money. Let's think about it. <coughs> yeah. So, 
so we just got to be honest with ourselves. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> That's why it's so important for us to use wisdom, like I said, for us to be able to have those people that love us, that, that know us, and we need to listen to what they tell them. We need to understand that the people, first of all, it's just like a high business or a profitable business. They got investors. They got consultants, you know. Where's our consultants that pertain to matters of the heart? Well, I'm just going to trust God. And we the main ones getting our heart broken, getting disappointed. You know, we happy. We're going to church. We dancing. We feeling good. And then the next Sunday, we up here crying, snotting, holding up the altar. I mean, come on now. It ain't hard. But we make it hard. And we, like I said, you know, I, I go by, I believe, in be, I believe in being realistic. And like I said, we got to talk about it in the church. But what happened a lot of time, and I'm just going to say this, even within the church, when we have singles ministries, we got we to gotta talk about things because there are some people that eventually want to be married. And we need to stop having people that discourage in marriage. You know, um, understand that singles ministry is not a lifetime membership. <laughs> you know, it's not. You know, if you want to be married, fine. Now, let's talk about some steps you need to do to help yourself be qualified to be married. You know, we hear that church, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on my boys. I'm looking for my boys. I'm looking for my boys. Yeah, you want your boys, but you're not roof material. Come on now. No, so that's why it's important for us to understand the steps that we need for us to be able to get the help, but most importantly, not just get the help that is needed, but to become the men and ladies that God wants for us to be. So with that, understand, like I said, God would allow God would allow the end of a relationship for your benefit. Understand, this is for your benefit. You know, you might have chose the wrong one. You might have chose someone that was going to, that's going to take you out. You chose someone that was going to abuse your children, but you might have been too blind to see. And so what happened, God loved you enough for that person to be exposed. In other words, that person's character, or even, even if they didn't leave, what if they did something and you caught it? And I know some people, well, you know, if you keep looking for something, you're going to find something. That's a good thing. You, you're you supposed to look. Don't be going into a relationship blinded. Don't go into a relationship, you know, well, I'm just going on faith. That ain't, that ain't faith. That's stupidity. Faith. Faith is actually something that you see. Your corresponding actions. I mentioned earlier. So faith ain't blind. Faith ain't a guess. Faith is confidence. So you, if God nudging in your spirit, you do your homework. You do your homework and study that person that you may potentially trying to date or someone that you may be giving your love, your heart to, to know who you're dealing with. And I'm going to say it like this, and this is going to be for free. Quit leaving your children with people you don't even know. I mean, like I said, I see it at work all the time. Well, come to find out they were abusing your child, and you didn't know that they were 
a child pedophile? Come on now. But you leaving them with your child? Come on now. Think. Think. Look here. Ain't no sex that good for you to lose your mind to not protect your child. Think about it. So, also, you never know what a person may, may be trying to hide. So, God may be exposing some things. And I tell you, <coughs> I'm telling you, if you tell God, God, I want you to exp- I want you to show me. I want you to show me something I may not be seeing. I want you to show me. And God, whatever you show me, help me to accept it regardless of what it is. And I'm telling you, he would do it. I mentioned earlier, I don't know if I had finished saying it, but I said, always uh, use this, and I'll tell other people that uh, this too. If you want to know if this is the right one, I, I always tell God, God, if this is the right one, work everything out. But if this is not the right one, if this is not the one you have for me, you take the taste of that person out of my mouth. Take them out of my heart. And I'm telling you, he would do, it don't take God long. I'm telling you from firsthand experience, it don't take God long. But what take what take um, the time? What what takes it so long is up to accept and move based upon what God said. We just wait. We just wait. We just wait. When God tell you something, you need to do it immediately because understand it's for your benefit. Is for your benefit, but also it could be for your safety. Something we got to think about. It could be for your safety. That person may be plotting things. I'm telling you, look here. I am a firm believer in the power of God in every spiritual gift. And those spiritual gifts are not just for when you're at church and for you to uh, call out names or prophesy, but also it's for your personal life. So God invested into you. Use it. Listen to his instructions and understand that relationship ending, you need to throw a party. Throw a party. Like I said, when a relationship ends, it frees you for the right one to begin. One of the last things I'm going to say, understand the hurt you feel now is a small discomfort compared to the major pain and waste of time you could be experienced or you could have experienced if you had stayed. So that's why we got to count it all joy. Because like I said, God knew something that you might have been naive to, close to. Also, understand this. What can we learn from life experiences or life's disappointment pertaining to love? Well, what you could learn, <coughs> excuse me, what you could learn, one of the things it could be that God trying to teach you what love really is. Oftentimes we we have the idea of what love is or our definition of love may be distorted. Sometimes some people feel like, well, the only way I can really love a person if I have sex with them. Uh-uh. It ain't going to work. But also understanding that when you have sex with someone, it's bonding you all. And understand, you can't bond a jail with everybody. That's one of the things I always say. It's best for us to wait till we get married. 
But also, when you wait, what happens, you can be able to see. You can be able to really focus and see and for have, have for God to reveal some things that may be unseen right now. So right now, it may be a good thing for you to just wait. See, what happens a lot of times when we incorporate sex within a relationship, not only it distorts our view, but oftentimes that emotion, we end up becoming emotionally driven. Why? Because intimacy or intercourse, it bridges, it links you all spiritually. And so understand if you are, if you are, are having intercourse outside of God's will, then what happened, it ended up giving you a false sense of security, a false sense of artificial love, the feeling of love, emotionalism. And what happened, it's distorted because it's not authorized by God. That's why it's so important for us to wait. Do your homework. When you remove sex, you can be able to see, okay, does this person love me for who I am? Or this person love me for who I'm becoming? Or this person love me for what I got or what I could do for them? Or who I'm connected to? I said this. Um, I just say it like this without disclosing who this person is. Um, God has blessed me, you know, through the course of my life. Um, I know some people who may be uh, known in the world. And so when I, I was trying to keep that person secretive, but that person ended up, you know, talking about me on Facebook. And when people start seeing that I was connected to someone that some people call a celebrity, what happened, people started, quote, unquote, trying to link up to me because we had a mutual friend that was a megastar. So people were linking up to me, not because of who I was, but who I was connected to, thinking that they were having access to the megastar. And I was like, let's get for real. You know, so even though you you may not even see that, so that's why sometimes from what we learn from a breakup, for you to understand who you really are and who you connected to and what you got possession of. Sometimes you may just look at yourself as, well, you know, I'm just a little so and so and so. But an opportunist, oh, they see you as, oh, what you got connections to, your potential, all that stuff. So understanding what we can learn, part of the things we can learn is also, hmm, maybe I moved too fast. Maybe I was giving flowers, cards, and roses to someone that either they didn't deserve it or it wasn't time. <clears throat> when you dated someone, let's say you dated someone You've been dating someone for 16 years. Okay. That person can tell you, I love you. Okay. 16 years. That sounds good. 
But imagine instead of you knowing that person for 16 years and they tell you they love you, imagine you meeting someone and 16 minutes later they say, I love you. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sometimes moving too fast. Sometimes the scene may not be set. Hmm. So it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It's just that, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll do, maybe I move too fast. Maybe I have to earn that level of trust with that person or that level of intimacy with that person. And that intimacy does not mean sexual or physical. It can be emotional, spiritual. Also, what can we learn? We learn more from our mistakes than our success. We learn more from our failures than our achievements. So what you have to do, you have to observe, you have to examine each one of the relationships that may not have worked out because there is a common denominator. It may be some traits within that person or maybe us or a combination of both. So learning from in other words, always, always believe in this. I got this from my daddy. <clears throat> Get a spiral, write stuff down. Examine. Write things down. Write things down from the ending to the beginning. <clears throat> I said this. I was, I was uh, in this relationship uh, years ago, and I asked God, God, where did it go wrong? And so God showed me the ending from the beginning. <clears throat> He showed me her, 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 and then we got towards the beginning. Her, her, me. Me? What happened? He said, he showed me, it was like a video, it was like a video in my mind where he showed me, he showed me the scene, and he said, remember when the person you told about the relationship when they asked you, did you pray about it? Remember your response? And I remember I said to that person, oh, yeah, 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 I prayed, I prayed. But I remembered, I verbally said I prayed about it. But in my heart, I said, I don't have to pray because I know who I got. God said, you didn't know who you got. I knew who you had, but you didn't consult me. So now you got to deal with the consequences. See, when a person do us wrong, a lot of time it's actually someone that we chose. And it was, look, they were going to do somebody wrong. You just chose to be the victim. Mm. See, God knew who that person was and how that person was. So what happened, God wanted them to be in the, in the oven for them to get cooked so they could be done or to prevent them from hurting others. But what do we do? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We end up going to the oven with no mitten and end up grabbing that hot pan and for us to be able to say, God, heal my hand from this burn. 
And God saying, I told you to leave them in the oven because they were undone. Even though they were undone, the pot or the pan was hot. But what was in the pan, them, it was undone. It was still, it was still a uh, uh, meal. I'm thinking about, <laughs> excuse me, like cornbread. My mom, my mom made cornbread. And if you get the cornbread too soon, it may look like it's done on the outside. It may be brown. It might be, it might be, you know, a little tan. But what you got to do, you got to put a toothpick in or even a cake. You got to put a toothpick in to see what's on the inside. Because oftentimes what happens, it may, it may be cooked on the outside, but it may be it may be unmarked. It may be undone on the inside. Same thing happens to us. So we have to learn. Hey, slow down. Consult God. The Bible tells us acknowledge Him in all of our ways that He shall direct our path or make that pathway straight. And making that pathway straight does not always mean in the very beginning. Okay, if you made a mistake, right then and there, you repent, acknowledge Him. In your way, and he shall direct that path. In other words, he will make that crooked path straight. God, but I make crooked, you make straight. God, well, I messed up. God, I repent. I messed up. Look, you take the wheel. It ain't too late for God to take the wheel. But we have to acknowledge we have jacked up. And we can't, like I said, we can't blame on the devil. It was us. So, learning from your failed relationships and also. This last thing, never pursue a relationship with someone more than you pursue a relationship with God and a relationship with yourself. Quit putting yourself in the back burner. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm saying in a healthy way. Because oftentimes we'll pursue people and we'll forget about us. We won't eat. We won't sleep. Look. People are not your world. People are creations, not the creator. So we cannot put people above God. Never allow anyone to interfere in your relationship with God, nor the relationship with yourself. You continue to seek God. The Bible tells us, Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Ouch, be my tongue. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you, or all these things shall chase you down. When you putting God first and you doing it his way and you doing what he told you to do, you don't have to look for the blessings. The blessing will look for you. Why? Because you are in place. <clears throat> If I make an order from Amazon and I give them my address, I'm expected to be at that address that the the Amazon package gonna come to. But imagine me getting the confirmation and they telling me they're gonna send it on this day to the particular address, and all of a sudden I move. Number one, I will not get my Amazon package, but the other thing, somebody else gonna be in place to receive what I work for, what I ask for. That's what happens a lot of times. We become impatient and we get out of pocket. We get out of the place that God has for us to be in. The Bible tells us to wait upon the Lord. 
That doesn't mean that, oh, my gosh. Oh, God, I've been waiting for so long. I'm just ready to get to look here. I tell people all the time, it's better to wait for the right one than to rush into the wrong one. Mm -mm. So with that broken heart, understand God want to heal. God want to mend your broken heart. But the devil want to use that to make you feel like true love doesn't exist. True love does exist, and not just exists for other people. And I know you can celebrate other people, but don't you know true love can be for you too? It can be for you. But you have to understand that when we do it the right way and we seek and trust God, trust him for the source, for the resource, for the plan, because oftentimes before we end up getting the help that we need for us to be able to receive what we ask God for, God want to cleanse our heart. God want to cleanse us and prepare us for the right one. Let's be honest. Some of us, we've been into some horrific relationships that may have damaged us. There may be some unseen things that if we allow God to closely examine us, there may be some things that may be so microscopic, but it can destroy or affect the relationship that he want to give us. So that's why it's so important for us to be able to surrender to God and for him to cleanse us because he have a zero tolerance of things that can hinder or, do, or, or tarnish or affect the relationship that he has for us. Understand that the relationship, I'm going to say, like, I'm going to speak to the, to the ladies. That man that God has for you, if he tried to send him right now, would you run him away? Would you treat him like that old boyfriend that did you wrong? Look, matter of fact, I had somebody, I had somebody, well, I'm going to say it. She told me to my face. This young lady told me some time ago, I want a good man, uh, but somebody like Prater, I end up using. And she said that to my, I'm like, wow. But understand, there are some healing that God want to do. Because don't you know, like I said, God want to blow our mind. But in order for him to blow our mind, we got to get the residue of the people that hurt us out of our spirit. Fellas, I know it seems like, man, uh, ain't no good women around. There are good women around. There are good, there are faithful women around. There are women that will respect you. There are women that will treat you right and don't want you for what you could do for them or what you got, but for who you are, and also they see the God in you. They see you as a man of integrity. They see your consistency, someone that's going to respect you. There is such a lady for you, but God want to God wanna remove any remnant of females that you might have chose that was not beneficial to you nor the purpose plan he has for you. So it goes both ways. And this is time for us to go to God and just be real. God, look here. God, I made some bad decisions in my life. Or, I, God, I may have mistreated somebody in the past. So, God, you ask, God, you help me. 
God, I'm being transparent. God, look here. I feel the need right now. I'm feeling somebody right now. You might not even know how to love. You don't even know what love looks like because you didn't even see it in your home. You don't know what love looks like. You may think love is just being abused or just settling for less than what God has for you. Somebody may make you Somebody may try to tell you, well, you know, you know, ain't no good men around, you know, so all of them are devils. You just got to deal with the devil that you're familiar with. The devil is a lie. No. Like I said, true love does not hurt. God has a purpose and plan for us. And one of the things I always say, if it ain't of God, you don't need it. You don't want it. God has the right one for you. But the thing is, God want to cleanse you first. God want to make sure that your relationship with him is solid. And not just the relationship with him is solid, but the relationship with Y-O-U. God want to get that straight. So I, I'm, uh, I'm going to get ready to, um, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. But I see somebody on the line, and I thank you for uh, patiently waiting. I'm going to go ahead and uh, you know, get this person on the line right now. Okay, you on the air. How you doing today? Uh oh, not yet. Hello, how you doing today? Welcome to Reconnect My Heart. Hello? Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Well, I hope that something that was said that really caught your attention and just in case just in case you've been listening and you've been um just observing everything one of the things i'm a firm believer you have to surrender and give everything to god i found out that the best thing that i ever did was accepted jesus christ in my life and i found out that god is interested in every aspect of my life so understand if he interested in every aspect of my life, yours too. You don't have to exclude God out of matters of the heart. You don't have to ask, you need to include God. Cause like I said, God did not want you to be in an unhealthy relationship, but also on the same token, God want to hear you. God does not, God does not want you to be walking around here and still having a hole in your heart over somebody who may have left you in 1982. God want to heal you. God want to heal the wound, the scar, and the scar tissues. God want to heal every lingering hurt, every agonizing pain that you may have dealt with, regardless of how it happened. God want to help you to be able to wake up and know who you are in him. And like I said, it ain't too late. It ain't too late. Also, even for those who may have gone through uh, uh, being a widow or being a widower, yes, yes, God want to heal you. Number one, God want to heal you. And also, just you being able to just wake up in the morning time and feel a sense of joy, a sense of peace, comfort. You know, when someone has lost someone, you know, that that's something that sometimes it can affect you. I'm going to say this real quickly. 
I was talking to somebody the other day, and I found out even pertaining to me. I don't mind being transparent. Um, I found out when it pertains to love. I found out that the loss of my sister it did affect me. It made me aware that because of who she was, like I said, she was more than just my sister. She was my classmate. She was my friend. And so when I lost her, what I found out was, wow, I see her and I had trust issues. Now, it wasn't obvious, but the trust issue was because of our relationship was so tight. We couldn't allow anybody to come in and we just automatically give our trust to. So there are some people who may have trust issues who may build up a wall for nobody to penetrate through. But then the, another side is the flip side. Some people, they have no barriers and allow any and everybody to come through. That was me. And so now I have to realize that I have to allow God to help me to be able to have better. Well, actually, I gave him permission to build boundaries so that way I could be a better steward, not just pertaining to finances or my time, but also my heart. What about you? God wants us to be a better steward. And so sometimes in that, in that stewardship, God wants us to be more responsible in who we allow access to our life, our heart, and our time. And so with that, if you right there watching, who may have had that same issue, I'm a firm believer there's nothing too hard for God. <clears throat> and one of the things I'm firm believing in, even pertaining to a podcast, yes, yes, we talk about love, we talk about relationship. But most importantly, plan of salvation is so important. God wants us to be able to have a relationship with us and understand that we can't live this life on our own. <clears throat> and we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus Christ died upon the cross for us. But most importantly, he rose up and he wants us to have a relationship with him. You think about it. Now, we need a relationship with God, but he wants a relationship with us. And so why carry a weight or a burden that God already provided a way of escape for us to deal with? We don't have to deal with some of the things that we have dealt with. So that's why it's so important for us to be able to just, you know, <clears throat> just be honest and being real with ourselves. So just in case you may be listening and wonder, okay, who is this? Jesus, I've been talking about, you know, what can I do to get saved? Romans 10 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Understand that there is nothing too hard for God, and God wants us to come and give everything to him. You know, <clears throat> um, I'm going to say this real quick because this is something that was on my mind uh, this week. I was talking to God. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent. Be, be honest. <clears throat> I'm going to get some water right quick. 
I was, um, those that know, I went through a divorce. And um, I examined myself. I wanted to check me out. Wasn't thinking about, you know, the other person. Me. See, I can't control anybody. And that's something we have to accept. We can't control people. We can only control our response towards people. Or we can only control ourselves in our response towards people. So that was my thing. I believe in being, I believe in personal accountability and responsibility. And so I was talking to God and God said, I said, you know, God, will I get married again? Do I want to get married again? And he said, yeah, yeah, you will be married again because you're not boyfriend material. Your husband material. And that's one of the things I have to remember. There are some people that they want only a relationship that's leading to nowhere. You have to know who you are. If you're the type that is committable and you're looking for a relationship that will lead to marriage, then you don't need to in, you don't need to fool with people who don't have a direction of where they're going or plan on going anywhere. So, if you want to go somewhere, if you want to eventually be married, if you want to, you tell God to examine you and, like I said, help you to be in the place where you need to for you to be qualified for the candidates that he has for you. So that's why it's so important for us to be real with ourselves, to be honest with ourselves, to be transparent, for us for us to do those examinations, but most importantly to consult God about everything. And being honest with you, when we consult God about everything, he will tell us everything for our benefit, not for our detriment, but for our benefit. And understand, when God tells us something, we need to accept it. Like I said, God will withhold no good thing from us. He loves us. Now, the question is, do you love yourself? Let us pray. Dear the Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. <clears throat> we come to you right now, God. First of all, God, we ask you, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything that's in us that's unlike you, God, we, God, we give you permission, God, to come in and cleanse us from any and everything that's unlike you right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. Lord, we thank you right now, God, for forgiving us, for cleansing us, God, and giving us another chance, God. God, we ask you all right now, God, you see every need and every concern right now that may be on the airwaves, God. God, there are those who may be watching or listening who may have with a broken heart. So, God, we speak it right now, God, that you mend their broken heart right now, God, that you do a spiritual surgery, God, 
spiritual surgeon right now, God. And God, we're speaking right now, God, that you fuse, God, their broken heart. But most importantly, God, give them a new heart. Give them a new mind, God. And help them, God, to have the lens of you, God. Help them, God, to have the perspective, God, where just like what you say, what you say, they say right now, God. And God, help us, God, to confess out of our heart and out of our mind, God, and believe what you said, what is the thing, gives, God, we speaking right now, God, that we speaking and we believe in the same thing right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking right now, God, even those who right now who may have these questions, God, those who may have fear, God. God, we speaking right now, God, that you remove the fear, God, because we know, God, you didn't give us the spirit of fear nor a timidness or cowardice, God. So, God, we speaking right now, God, that, that you help us right now, God, to be able to experience the love that you have for us, God. First of all, God, the love that you have for us, God, help us to love you, God, and help us, God, to embrace the love that you have for us, God. Help us right now, God, to understand what true agape love is, God, that you have for us, God. And so, God, help us, God, to understand, God, even when the devil tries to make us give up on love, God, we thank you, Lord, for resuscitating us right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for not removing or killing the pulse, God. So, God, we speak it right now, God, even when the devil tries to do things, God, help us, God, to have the pulse of love right now, God, to not die right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speak it right now, God, even for love for ourselves, God. Help us, God, to love ourselves, God. Help us, God, those who may be having low self-esteem, God. Lord, even those who may have spiritual low self-esteem, God. We speak it right now, God, that you reveal who you are, God, and who we are in you right now. In the name of Jesus. Instead of about everything you stand for, we about every problem, about every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speak it right now, God, that you remove every hurt, God, every bitterness, God, every unforgiveness, God, every revenge, God. Any and any anything that can be on our hearts or on our minds is unlike you, God, that can hinder God, and from us being the men and the ladies that you call for us to be, God, help us right now, God, to reach the potential and the purpose that you have for us right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we know, God, what the devil meant for evil, God, you would turn it and spin it for our good. So, God, we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. God, we speak it right now, God. <clears throat> Even those who are grieving right now, God, comfort them. Be with them right now, God. Be a confident right now, God. God, massage their heart, God, and fix their mind right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we're speaking, God, for those who have had problems sleeping right now, God. We're speaking sweet sleep right now, God. We're speaking rest in you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, God. We glorify you right now, God. And so, God, we're speaking right now, God. Even for those who may be wanting to pursue courtship, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you help us, God, to trust you right now, God. And, God, we know, God, that you won't tell us who to choose, but you will teach us how to choose. So, God, we speak, God, that you help us, God, to choose wiser, God. Help us, God, to consult you first, God, and only, God. Help us, God, to center have people centered around us, God, that will help us, God, to hear you and to consult you right now, God, in the name of Jesus, in every area of our lives right now, God. And God, we speaking right now, God, even those who may have soul ties, unhealthy soul ties, God, we speaking, God, that you 
break the every un, unhealthy soul tide right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, every stronghold right now, God, we bind that spirit and send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak it right now, God. Even if there are some who may have done things that were unlike you, God, even if it's um, sex outside of marriage, God, forgive us right now, God. God, help us, God, to Love ourselves, God. Help us, God, to cherish the vessel that you have for us to be, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for cleansing us, God. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy, giving us another chance, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us right now, God, to receive, God, what you have for us right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to be responsible and healthy students right now, God. In the name of Jesus, even speaking right now, God, those who may be looking for employment right now, God. God, lead them to the place that you have for them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, I even thank you, Lord, for my healing right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for my restoration right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for the peace, God, that surpasses all understanding right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. We glorify you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speaking right now, God. There's someone right now, God, even that's been shedding tears right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for wiping every tear from their eyes right now, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the relief and the release, God, that you have provided right now in the name of Jesus. And we glorify you right now, God. We praise your name right now, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the joy, for the peace right now. God, in the name of Jesus, for the identity that you have given us right now, God, in the name of Jesus, and we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank you for watching this video, and I pray that uh, those who may want to get in contact with me, you're welcome to get in contact with me. Um, um, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Pierce and Paul. R A T S and Tom E R. Uh, if you want to catch me on uh, Facebook, you can catch me um, on my Facebook page, Brother Prater. I um, I'm gonna say I have my videos and daily devotions. Also, for those who want to go to my website, you can go to brotherprater.com. Brother Prater, you'll see my uh, daily devotions and my videos, and also my upcoming events. Uh, also, I'm get the uh this come up right now while I'm thinking about it. Um you'll see my data devotion of my upcoming events and uh my personal appearances. Matter of fact this coming Friday I'll be appearing at Bethlehem Pentecost seven fifteen Friday. That's April the seventh. Uh Bethlehem Pentecostal Church. It's one eight two six Bickers Street, Dallas, Texas, seven five Two one two. That's Bethlehem Pentecostal Church, one eight two six Bickers Street, Dallas, Texas seven five two three two. I'll be there on this coming Friday at uh, seven fifteen p.m. Uh, also, uh, for those who are on my website, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book. A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men their needs and their responsibilities towards their children, their children of father, even their children of mother, regardless if they're with them or not. But also, this book right here, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, The Love Beyond Life. This is um, a story of my life with my sister, Sheila Prater, um, unfortunately, who was killed. Um, 
doing domestic violence. Um, she was my she was my friend, my classmate, everything. So, you know, um I'm I'm honored to have been her brother. I'm one of three of her brothers. Four, four, one of four brothers and um miss her dearly and miss her so much. But uh I thank God you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot even from that relationship. Um, so I don't take it for granted. So with that being said, uh, I thank you all so much. And I'm glad that everything worked out for this show. Uh, right now, while I'm thinking about it, I want to get on her. Yes, 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 yes. I was having, I've had problems for many months on my show because of uh, the connection of those who are on the video version, you won't be able to. Uh, notice it, but for those who listen uh, through podcasts and everything, the volume was just going crazy. Well, I was able to find out what I needed to do, and thank God this is the first time with all the new equipment that I have, it's working. And come to find out, the equipment didn't even have anything to do with it. I just needed to use another browser. Mm. So I thank God it's worked right now. I'm at 100%. And we getting ready to go. So for those who may be listening and watching, thank you so, so much. Feel free to contact me. Feel free to reach out to me. Like I said, I'm on Facebook, Brother Prater. Brother, like brother and sister, B-R-O-T-H-E-R. Prater, P-S and Paul, R-A, T-S and Tom, E-R. I thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.